What's up, men? Welcome to Quality Manhood, a podcast for Christian men. I am the host for today, a familiar voice, Kellen Allen, and we have a, a special guest in the studio with us, Pastor Pete Lashusenkoff. Yikes, Kellen. Yikes, I know. man. That doesn't feel good. I know. Alan, Alan, Alan. See, See I got your name, no problem. I'm, I made it easy for you, though. No, you made it tough on me. No, no, Lashusenkoff. I just want to know one question right off the bat. How many of these episodes have you done? Like 100,000 of these episodes, and it took you this long to invite me. Why, why this long before I get an invite? I feel, hey, I, mean, I feel hurt. You feel Well, we wanted to save episode 24 for a special person. And wow. So we're, we had your name keyed on lesson 24, episode 24, and we got a great discussion that there's just nobody better. Well, and that, is- now that we have a, a good group of listeners. That, that's really what we... I'm, I'm going to switch it right as we're talking. building a Just listenership. Oh, I get that Because you, you, you deserve a, a large I see. listening, listening okay. audience. That's what it All was. Right. Fair enough. Do you, be, do you believe that? Do you buy it? Uh, I have no choice. But hey, number 24, <laughs> Kobe Bryant. I'll take that. Uh, you, you'll t- okay. Yeah. All right. We'll, we'll go with that. <laughs> All right. Excellent. So, Pastor P, we, we got you here. Episode 24, glad to have you. Why don't you uh, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself uh, just for an introduction? Yeah, it's great. Uh, Pastor Pete, I've been here at Compass Bible Church from the very, very beginning in 2005. Prior to that, I was working with uh, Pastor Mike at a different church for a number of years, and uh, really super excited to be here at Compass uh, as we're working towards our 15th year of ministry here. Uh, I am married have been married for 34 years, have two children, uh, Michael, who lives in Washington, D.C., and Noah, who lives in Chicago, Illinois. And uh, so we're done with the parenting thing. No nice. more diapers, no more worrying about test scores or anything else. They're they're totally on their own. Don't have to flip them any more money or anything. So that's, I just that's had a newborn. Of, you want to help help me out? You, you know what? what? Jump back s- in the game? Send me a donation letter and we'll see. <laughs> I'll, get, I'll get back to you on it. But uh, anyway, what I do here at Compass is varied. I do a lot of counseling, and uh, as, I, as I'm doing a lot of counseling, uh, I also work with our church plants and our kids' ministry, home fellowship group, do a variety of different things here at Compass, and really, really enjoy my job, love the people that are here that are part of the Compass family, and uh, our staff is an amazing staff, so I'm yeah. very, very happy, very excited, and glad, glad to be here. Awesome. Well, we're glad to have you for sure. And and today we're talking about handling secular working relationships. So many of our listeners, myself included, are have secular jobs, and we have these relationships where you know a lot of companies are are talking about diversity and how we need to hire for diversity. And I know just talking to a lot of men, and, and I experience it myself. There, there's challenges in that, and especially as Christian men, we want to really strengthen our witness. And a lot of people sort of wrestle with: Is this going to hurt our witness? Is this going to help our witness? And decisions that we make in a secular world. So I know you, before stepping into full-time ministry, were in the secular world just like I am now, and you and I have had a lot of conversations, so you have a ton of experience and a wealth of knowledge to give here, but you, you also are doing some ministry work with uh, that's related to this, in a sense. So could you speak to us a little bit about that, the ministry work that you're doing? Yeah, I'm involved with the ministry. The ministry is called Operation 323, and it's from Colossians chapter 3, verse uh, 23. And the hope is that we're providing 
messages on a weekly basis and study questions, and in essence, providing a curriculum uh, for people that are in the workplace. Let me, let me give you a really super fun statistic. There are two numbers I want you to focus on. The first number I want you to focus on is 90,000. Do you got that in your head? 90,000. 90, okay, got it. Big, big number, right? Yeah. And the next number is 3,000. So 90,000, 3,000. And uh, now let me tell you the significance of both of those numbers. 90,000 represents the number of hours that you and I would work in a lifetime uh, in a secular position. Wow. Assuming we started when we were 23 years old and uh, stopped when we were like 63 years old, somewhere in that range. Sure. But 90,000 hours of our lives would be spent in some workplace exchanging our, our hours, our time for dollars so we can, uh, we can live. Yeah. Now, we've got one number left over. It's called 3,000. Now, 3,000 hours is assuming that you go to church at least once a week, but 3,000 would be the number of hours that you would spend in a church building over that same time period. Wow. Isn't that a big yeah, wow? That's a like 90,000 at work, yeah. 3,000 here at church. And why isn't every church in the country developing curriculum and developing ways? that we could help our brothers and sisters in Christ that are spending a preponderance of their time yeah. in the work environment, helping them connect with other Christians in the work environment, helping them to evangelize in the work environment, and giving them, again, good curriculum where they can fellowship with one another, pray with one another, and, uh, and exalt God's word together yeah. uh, as, a, as a group in their secular environment. So that's what that's all about. We're excited for it. We're test casing it right now in a very large company here in Orange County, and uh, and we're hoping that uh, that we'll sign up a, a number of other companies, whether they're very small organizations or large organizations. We have this curriculum; it's all hosted on YouTube. It's easy for them to grab hold of, including questions, lectures, and everything along that line. Wow, that's awesome, and and I, I can just imagine that's encouraging for the people that are involved in it. And there's just so much just a wealth of knowledge to be learned there uh, just from that ministry in itself. And so thanks for sharing that. And if, if anyone wanted to get involved in that ministry, anybody local, how would you say they could? They, they just need to contact me. They yeah. can just contact me directly uh, at pete at compasschurch.org or just call the church and ask for me. I'll give them all the information for it. It's something we're super excited about. We think it, it has a lot of legs to help not only people that are Christians in the environment uh, stay true to their calling, uh, but also it's going to help them bring the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ over the wall and into the real world. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that, and, and let's, uh, let's jump into to some of our topics for today. Just when we think about you know, handling secular working relationships, there's a variety of, of diverse people that work in secular world now. And, and for a Christian men specifically, it, it can be challenging at times, right? When you think about sharing the gospel, when you think about wanting to fellowship, the, the guards are being put on us to where you, you can't quite do that as freely as maybe you once could before, or it's not as, uh, it's not as open to where people will allow you to, to share the gospel, tell them that they're wrong without it being, you know, quote unquote harassment or different terminologies that people throw out there. But Pastor Pete, what would you say just because there, let's take one scenario of, of hiring. So if I'm a manager, 
Um, I'm hiring for my secular job, and you know, I got a, a host of candidates, all different backgrounds, all very diverse. Uh, as a Christian man, if I go out and hire somebody that you know may be outwardly sinful, for lack of better words, uh, how should I feel? Should I should it should it hurt? Should I feel like it hurts my witness if I go out and hire somebody that you know is, is obviously outwardly sinful? Should I worry about that? What what would be your counsel on a situation like that? Well, I think first of all we'd have to have context, right? Yeah. And and one of the things I would contextually want everyone to know is that when you're out working, it's not the church. There there's yeah. a first good thing. So if you're if you're selling widgets and your job is to sell as many widgets as you possibly can. Uh, you're doing that to make money, and you're doing that so you can pay the bills and everything else along that line. So going to work is not the church, and I think that's the first thing we need to think through. And so if you're a hiring authority and you're looking to, to hire a position that uh, requires a technological uniqueness or some type of uh, uniqueness uh, in terms of the whatever the job is, then you're tasked with hiring the best possible person that can do that job, regardless of race, color, creed, sexual preference, or anything along that line. Yeah. And I think that that would be the first thing I would say. You'd want to hire the best possible candidate. Uh, in terms of would that hurt your witness, I think that would help your witness. Mm. Because again, as a, as a Christian, you think about uh, passages like uh, Philippians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9, yeah. and Paul's reminding uh, Christians that you know whatever's commendable, whatever's lovely, whatever's right, these are kind of attributes that all point to Christian people having high integrity. And, uh, and we put those on our heart, and then the next verse calls us to practice them. And so if we're tasked by a company to hire the best electrical engineer, then we hire the best electronic, uh, electrical engineer regardless of race, color, creed, or sexual preference. Right. Yeah, and I think that's, that's an awesome way to look at it is, yeah, we're not hiring for a church. We're hiring for a specific job. And at the, the end of the day, uh, whether it's, it's outwardly or, or inwardly, they're all sinners. And so you can go hire someone that you feel is, you know, not as externally showing their sin. But at the end of the day, like they're still a sinner and we still need to love on them and we still need to be able to share the, <clears throat> share the gospel with them and be a good witness to, to Christ for them and not look at it as this is going to hurt my witness. So I think that's a, a great way to look at that. Well, I think, I think hurt your witness is one strategy, but being around people that are unbelievers, regardless of how flamboyant their, uh, their behavior might be, isn't that really what we should be doing? We Amen. should be in a, yeah. in a position where we're evangelizing those people and pointing them to Christ, praying for them. If, yep. if you had a staff of four or five people that were unbelievers, it's no different than having four or five family members that are unbelievers. Sure. And you're going to pray for them, and then you're going to hope that your witness and the words that you preach to them will be used by God that will change their heart. But we really can't evangelize people uh, unless we're around people that need Jesus Christ. And last time I looked in Orange County, probably 99% of the population need Jesus Christ yeah. uh, for their own repentance and for faith in Christ alone. Yeah, that's that's great. And um, great segue to sort of the next question that we have is so once you know, say you hire somebody or say you're just working with somebody and, you know, there are people in the workplace now that are, are strongly opposed to Christianity. Uh, what would be your counsel just in regards to how, how do we have relationships with them? Is it one that if they continue to put their, their you know, hand up 
at us? Do we just move on and not even talk to them anymore? Do we continue to uh, work on projects with them? Like, how do you handle that when they've obviously made it tough for you in the workplace? Well, I think historically, Kellen, when we look at the world that we live in, historically, uh, the, the culture and the Western culture has always been favorable uh, towards Protestants and, and, uh, and faith in Christ and the Bible and issues like that. And while those people maybe and perhaps weren't people that were, were people that were looking uh, to become Christians, they weren't also adverse to being Christian or you being Christian. But what's changed remarkably in the world that we live in today is that the message of the gospel, uh, the exclusivity of Jesus being the only way uh, for salvation, uh, talking about the Bible, uh, being the inerrant word of God. Those things today are not, uh, not First Amendment rights, as they should be in a lot of ways, uh, but what they are is they're offenses, they're direct attacks upon choices uh, that people in our culture are making today. So when we say that Jesus is the only way to get saved, that means that Islam's not going to do that, uh, you know, being a Mormon's not going to do that, uh, being uh, a Buddhist isn't going to do it, uh, all of these other choices that are available, the pluralism of the world, are all excluded. And when we say that in the public stage today, that Jesus is the only way, that now has got a new terminology. It's called hate speech. Right. And that's the, that's the translation for it. Now, to get to your question, I think every Christian today should know what they're running into, that, that when we're talking about those issues that and you're, you're not going to have a free run-in where people are going to say, hey, well, I'll give you a free listen to it. They're probably going to look at it more so that, that you're a hater. Mm -hmm. And with that, what, what I always do with people mm -hmm. that are unbelievers is uh, I get them to focus on, on what's truth. What is, it, what is it that wakes you up in the morning? What is it that, that you really believe in to be truthful? And then if they're really open, then I invite them you know, together to say, well, let's, let's seek truth in every aspect of our life, including religiously. And when we look at it that way, then we take the social issues of the world today, and we kind of move them off to the left-hand side and talk just truly about what is truth in, in, in your life and what you really believe in. Now, those issues that we moved off to the left will right. inevitably come back again. But I think I find more young people today surprisingly interested in chasing down meaning and chasing down what is truthful. Mm -hmm. We look at uh, suicide rates and we look at uh, drug addiction and things like that in the world today. It's when people have no future. When they, when they look forward, you know, you and I as Christians, we have an eschatological future. We look right. and say, oh, wow, you know, we, we, we can look forward to being with Jesus, you know, one day forever. And what a great thing that is. And, and yet people operate, even Christians do, on, uh, on, on, on a worldly future. Mm -hmm. And so when people operate under no future and helpless, hopeless, helpless, hopeless, then you're going to see a group of people uh, in a generation that are going to be looking for other things to kind of fill the void. Right. And when they can't find that, that's unfortunately why we see a rise in suicide, why we see a rise in drug addiction. These people are trying to fill a hole uh, that only Jesus Christ can fill in their lives. Right, and it's just gonna continue to rise, right? And it, we've seen that over a period of time and it's not slowing down at all. Well, I mean, the Bible tells us that, that things in this world 
uh, are going to get worse before right. they get better. Yep. And, and so a lot of people, uh, friends of mine that are into the end times are saying, oh, wow, we must be cruising into the end times. Right. And I always can blow that up for them and historically show them other periods of history where, where things have gone really, really bad and lots of people die, and yet Christ still has tarried over time. Yeah. I think that, again, our mission uh, in the workplace is to witness and, and to live an integrous life using a lot of the values we see in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, and then look for our opportunities to pursue truth mm -hmm. with those that are interested. Yeah. Awesome. And the, the last piece of this that we'll touch on is uh, working relationships. I think a lot of jobs, whether it be sales jobs, whether it be just, you know, any job that you have, there's a lot of social events that happen. So as Christian men, how should we discern between should I be part of a social event because I want to seem engaging, I want the people to seem like I, I'm there and I want to be there, but at the same time, not cross the line to where people say, oh, you're just like me. You go to all the social events just like any other unbeliever. How do we discern between those th that line, I guess? I mean, going to a social event in, in this age versus going to a social event in the workplace in the 80s and 90s is really two different things. A lot of things like in, in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, if you were a salesman, uh, there are a lot of uh, very lecherous uh, activities that were involved in being, let's, let's say, a salesman during that time period and traveling around, including going to strip bars and different things that were thought to be socially acceptable in the mm -hmm. workplace. I think a lot of those have been ferreted out here in this generation, in this age. Yet, there's still a great opportunity for the Christian uh, to participate in sinful actions with work associates. And what I would say is, I think it's imperative for the Christian worker to go to the social events that are required. You know, you have to have an attendance to hang out with the people you work with. Right. But in the same light, it doesn't allow you the opportunity to participate in things that would be against Scripture right. and also against your conscience. And so one of the things the Bible provides for us in the fruits of the Spirit is something called self-control. And so as a worker and as someone that is a Christian, I operate under, under a premise that I have self-control. So if I go to a social event and every single person at social event is doing tequila shooters, I'm not going to do a tequila shooter. Right. I'm just not because it would violate Scripture and it would violate my conscience. But I still can participate in the event. If the event is so sordid and so sinful, then of course I'm not going to participate in it. My experience being in the business world, I didn't go to a lot of those really sordid events. Most mm -hmm. of them revolve drinking and maybe pejorative language and things along that line. And I think the Christian in that kind of environment could be a light, especially for people that are on the fence that are sitting there that are not Christians going, hey, wow, maybe I should participate on this side of it. Yeah. And then if there are more Christians that were, you know, beaming light into those situations, then perhaps uh, it would provide an opportunity for God to work in the hearts of these other people. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's so powerful being able to go to an event like that. And even if you have people drinking, you... you taking a stand and, and not drinking, it's going to make people scratch their heads and like, hey, what's wrong with you? Why are you not drinking? And right. it just opens up that opportunity for you to, to evangelize, to get to the gospel. Absolutely. Um, and so, you know, those things that you don't do 
are, are, are big. And, and obviously God gives us these situations, gives us our jobs, gives us the people that we work with. He's sovereign over all that is for a reason. And I think just to sort of cap up everything that we talked about is, look, we're, we, we work in secular jobs. God's given us a job. There's a platform there. There's a mission field that needs to be held there. And that mission field is engaging with our unbelievers, our co-workers, just as we would, as you mentioned, with your family members and all of those people. It's, look, we're, we're hiring for a job. We're, we're doing a job there. But those people are right in front of us. How can we capitalize on that and be able to take them out for lunch, evangelize, get to know them, get to know their family, and hopefully win them over to Christ is the goal there. But it takes us having a mindset of, of loving everyone first and foremost. And then obviously the other piece of it is being able, not being afraid to engage with believers, knowing that we're not going to conform. I think most people are, I don't think it's a fear factor. Yeah. I really don't. I think what the bigger factor is, it's time investment. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's being able to look at another, another person, uh, another situation in your life going, hmm, man, I'm, I, I can go talk to this guy, but it might cost me time. It might cost me effort. And I don't want to make that effort. Yeah. I don't want to invest in another. And man, if he gets saved, I might have to take him through partners. I might have to yeah. be friends with his wife. I, 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 my bandwidth isn't there. Sure. And I think more Christians today... Are, are not afraid of evangelizing for rejection. I think most of them are afraid that it's their time right. that will be impinged, and they don't like that. Yeah, amen to that. Well, Pastor Pete, we appreciate you being on here for this 24th episode, which, which we waited for you uh, specifically on. Uh, but yeah, great information, and I hope that <clears throat> this was... Excuse me. I hope this was helpful for um, our listeners today to be encouraged to whatever secular job that you have, God's given you that job. It's a gift um, and be able to look at it as your mission field and uh, go with the intention and the heart of loving others and, and winning people over to Christ. So uh, hopefully this was encouraging to you, And uh, but we'll be praying for you. Thanks a lot.